welcome you to the Igniting Consciousness Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Horine, a principal chiropractor alongside my husband, a magnetic alignment coach, a 3-5 manifester in human design, a toxin-free living advocate, and obsessed with all things related to a healthy mind, body, and spirit. My passion is to empower and inspire people to become the highest expression of themselves while recognizing they are the creator of their own reality. I'll share ideas, interviews, and examples that will prompt you to learn more about your true thoughts on yourself, what your true desires are in life, and how you're connected to the world around you. This will happen through human design readings I do with clients, principles of chiropractic, and how true health and healing is expressed from the inside out magnetic alignment recode sessions, and my own personal journal prompts that I receive while in meditation. My hope is that you can have your consciousness ignited to remember that the key to living in a happy and peaceful world all starts by discovering those pieces within you. Hi, Karen. Hello, Natalie. How are you? I am so well. How about yourself? Doing great. Oh my gosh. Okay, everybody, welcome to the Igniting Consciousness podcast, coming back again to give you some information to open up your mind, awaken your soul, awaken your spirit, figuring out ways that you can interest yourself and your family members and whomever else in your your sphere of influence to the light of whatever that means of healing your body from the inside out, mind, body, and spirit. I have Karen with me today also known as a super healthy raw on Instagram and for other followers, we'll make sure we know how to find her on there. But Karen is a mother of two adults raised healthfully as vegans and then raw vegans. She's an award-winning author, internationally acclaimed speaker, holistic health coach, certified raw food chef, speech language and feeding therapist and owner of feelfabulouswithfood.com and super healthy children. Dot com. So going into that, Karen, I'm just going to have you talk about how you got into this and, and share with the listeners more about who you are and how you got into doing what you're doing today. Uh, thank you so much, Natalie. I'm really excited to be part of this interview with you. Um, I, have, I have a long history. <laughs> and um, my history actually started before I was born. It started with my grandmother in 1921. Uh, my grandmother had asthma and emphysema mm -hmm. back in 1921. Uh, she was a single parent, and my father was only four years old at the time that she was very ill. And she was hospitalized, and the doctors told her she only had a few months to live. Um, and she was really scared. Most people, and according to Margaret Mead, who says it's easier to change your religion than to change your diet, um, it's true for most people. I mean, I work with people who they try vegan and raw food for two weeks, and they're like, it didn't work. And then they just leave it and think about what they've been eating their whole lives. So with my grandmother, she had an extra motivation, and that was that she didn't have any relatives nearby where she was, and she was really concerned as to what was going to happen with my dad, who was four years old at that time, if she passed. 
And so she took it very seriously, but didn't know what to do. Different people were telling her different things. And of course, at the hospital, they were giving her uh, medications at that time, which only made her worse. And she was very fortunate to have somebody bring her a little book while she was in the hospital. This little book came out in 1918. And it was called The Mucusless Diet Healing System by Arnold Errett, a German professor. And it was a little paperback book. She read that book and it changed her life and my father's life forever. So she switched to a plant way of eating 100% overnight. And she checked herself out of the hospital, even though she was still ill. Mm. She went home and she just stayed on this path. Um, Back in 1921, the words vegan and raw did not exist. She called it natural plant food. And when I was being raised in the 50s and 60s, she lived with us periodically and told me of her healing story. Now, she went on to live another 50 years after the doctors told her that she was going to die. So that was quite good. She lived a quite quite nice quality of life. I don't remember her having emphysema when I was growing up. So she had healed herself going mostly raw. She had mm. a little bit of steamed vegetables in the evening, but her most of her day was raw food. And... Uh, and excellent quality of life, raised raised my father on a raw vegan diet, um, and he was very healthy. And the one thing I remember very clearly growing up was that my father and my grandmother did not go to doctors and medical doctors. But so they did not go to doctors they only ate whole natural plant food and they always were vibrant healthy people Um, whereas my mother she did not believe that we could survive on a plant food diet and why it's always the same question the protein yeah thought we needed animal protein she was very um, indoctrinated there, and it was uh, it was scary mm-hmm. for her to think about going to a plant food way of eating. Um, and so my sister and I, we were raised on the mainstream diet, lots of animal food, and a lot of junk food too, a lot of processed stuff. Um, I was always on maintenance antibiotics. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time maintenance all- antibiotics. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. Childhood, everything. Childhood, ear infections, strep throat, the flu every year. Uh, My mother would give me scrambled eggs and toast, thinking that that would be helpful while I was sick. I would have the flu for a month. And uh, by the time that I was an adolescent, I had severe cystic acne all over my Mm. face and my back. Um, And that went on for 25 years. Um, And I had severe digestive issues, candida, then irritable bowel Mm -hmm. syndrome. 
Uh, and then I had premenstrual issues, would get my monthly period, like I didn't get it. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> I would get it every other year. I didn't know what was happening to my, to my system. And I went on prednisone. The doctors told me that that would help regulate my period, the prednisone. But it caused a lot of side effects and it didn't regulate my period. No, that I mean that and then like people will put them on there. I mean, prednisone being a steroid. Okay. And steroid over long term use is you can't do it. It breaks down bone. And then how many people like look at you as a young, growing body, so maturing woman being put on prednisone and steroids affect your genitalia. They affect them in a negative way. So whether it's male or female, it will mess with your reproductive organs. And, yes. and that's the same thing to think about too. I'm just sorry to interject, but because I mean, the steroids are what's in these inhalants for asthmatics too. So childhood asthma and, and they're, they're like, they have all oh, they're fine as long as they have in their inhaler. Well, that inhaler being a steroid and very strongly affects the reproductive organs, which are other things that they don't talk about what happens in the long term, like later in life, possibly when they want to conceive, you know, children or whatnot. That's right. That all comes into play. And my son had asthma. Uh, my son had asthma and chronic ear infections. And I want to say, even as a vegan. Yeah. Well, and I want to get into that. Like you just said, even as a vegan, because there is like dirty vegan out there, right? Where you're doing all the alternatives of, oh, I can still eat the pizza with the guar gum, the da -da 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 -da, all these extra ingredients in there where it's not like raw live food. So I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I want us to get into that too. There's a distinct difference between, oh, well, I'm vegan. I don't eat any animal, you know, any animals or anything. Okay, well, you're still eating gluten. You're still eating all these other things that does not do good in the body. So there is a distinct difference between why putting raw in front of vegan is important to know that you're eating high quality foods. And I also want to take that an extra step because there's all different kinds of raw vegan diets. Oh, I, yeah. When I first started, I was eating a lot of oil thinking that was raw, but mm. it's highly processed and very high in fat. So, uh, so there's many different ways of doing the vegan and a raw vegan lifestyle. And when we talk about raw here, we're talking about whole and fresh and not processed in any way. Because even so-called raw foods today, um, there's bottled and packaged things that are termed raw. And you'd think that you're eating a raw food product, but it's not whole. Gosh, that is so true. I'm so glad you said that. It's greenwashing. There's greenwashing all over the place. Anytime the word natural, I mean, we're talking more like specifically with like raw food and everything, but even just to rewind for the listeners here, they're like, oh yeah, I'm eating natural chicken, like Tyson, I can, I'm just going to put it out there, Tyson chicken, which I don't eat meat anymore. But so it's like natural chicken. It's like, well, what the heck else is it if it's not natural chicken, right? It's sad that they're, <laughs> they're putting natural on there and there's too, too much of this greenwashing because they, they put the color green on there. There's a whole marketing thing all around it. I mean, it goes into beauty products and everything else. So without going too far into that, yeah, I just wanted to say like greenwashing, even with the raw, they're like, oh yeah, this is raw. A lot, but, of, a lot of very good marketing skills. Yep, yep, I can. Yep, we can absolutely agree with that. <laughs> but, you know, not healthy for you. So this is what we're talking about today. We're talking about true health. 
and how you get it. You know, and I did many things in the past that I didn't understand. And here I had a clear picture in front of me of a father and a grandmother who were eating very healthful foods. And I was brainwashed into thinking that the mainstream foods and things that said natural and even things that said vegan, a lot of people are tricked by that just because it says vegan, just yeah. because sausages say vegan doesn't mean that they're healthy. Um, so, you know, it, it was 25 years of severe cystic acne, digestive issues, premenstrual issues. And then when I had my second child, he, my first child had some of the so-called normal childhood illnesses, but even more so, my second child, my son, had asthma and chronic ear infections. Mm. And for the asthma, um, I was told by doctors that, they, that I should give him steroids. So you were just talking about that. And we know all of the different health problems that that can lead to. Um, so I chose not to do that. I chose to go and transition myself and my kids to raw food. Um, my husband was not on the same page. There was a lot of conflict around oh. um, for many, many years. Um, interesting because over the years, he is very social and he did come out to a lot of events where I was speaking. And as I wrote my books, I got invited to more events and so he would tag along and over the years he made his own changes. And um, at this point he is very supportive, but for years I was doing this on my own uh, with a lot of conflict. Uh, but um, it definitely paid off because I, I think that, you know, like my son lives in Costa Rica and he's, a, a, he has a degree in holistic nutrition and mm. he plants his own fruit trees and vegetable garden and he's becoming self-sustainable. So I think that it does mm -hmm. affect our children when we set a very powerful role model, even if they do go off for a while, if they have an early base of knowledge and it's a healthy base of knowledge, they know that and they have that to come back to. And that's what that's what happens. And mm -hmm. I learned that clearly. I was always scared that that wouldn't happen. I was always concerned that my son's asthma would come back. But I saw very clearly with myself, um, I went vegan in uh, 1989. Um, and I've been a vegetarian for 51 years, but I was eating a lot of dairy. And that's what caused all of that acne. That's yes. what caused all of those digestive issues and the premenstrual it was mostly the dairy but yes. certainly all the animal foods cause problems and oh gosh can we just pause for a moment and talk about the milk because that is one one of the huge things as we know if we follow like john rose stuff like you know the top five things you know that were horrible from the man you know man and woman's diet but dairy cheese is one of those things oh that word. if you ask people to stop eating cheese, they want to bite your head off because they're like, oh, I could, I could never do that. I need to have my cheese. And these are the same people. It's mucus forming. Of course, we know it's acidic, you know, as are all animal products are acidic. But those are the same people that they wonder why they're snoring at night. They wonder why they're constantly getting phlegminess happening while they're all congested all the time, right? Cystic acne, like you were talking about, digestive upset. So like, 
I just want to like really put that out there because the listeners on the podcast, I have so many people that are just like the cheese heads. Like I love you all, but you guys are cheese heads and you just, you're destroying your gut. You're destroying, you're just forming so much mucus and your body's trying to get it out of you, which is why you're having, having it try to come out of your skin and everywhere else. But then you just keep putting it. Important to know, I think, um, for for most people are not aware that this dairy is meant for a calf to grow into like an eight hundred to one thousand pound animal. Amen. It- yes, it's like milk, and I say this all the time. It's like my milk is great for my five month old baby. A cow's milk is great for a calf, a baby right. cow, <laughs> and we're all drinking from the cow's udders. Let alone the fact that it's processed because they're being injected with all these like all these hormones for them to artificially create milk whenever they're not like that's that's a whole nother conversation that makes it even worse milk in of itself regardless if it's raw oh let's talk about that because then you get a lot of people they're like well i get raw milk oh yeah raw and organic doesn't make a difference it's it's animals bacteria animals hormones being put into your body from a totally different species that acts totally different than you. It's not meant for the human body. It's only meant for the calf or, you know, and then some people say, Oh, well I drink goat milk. Yes. Well, okay. Smaller animal. It's not as big as the cow, but that milk is still 20% protein. A human mother's milk, like what you're giving to your baby, is five to six percent protein. And the protein that they need. Twenty percent protein, and it is way too high a protein molecule. It is not meant for the human body. So right away your body starts negatively reacting to it and all kinds of things happening. You know, including the fact that it is one of the most cancer-causing food because of this protein called casein. And, uh. you know, and so it, it's one of the most cancer-causing food. Breast cancer and prostate cancer, pancreatic cancer, it's very much linked according to um, long-term medical research. And some people say, start arguing with me. Oh, well, we've seen research about eggs and dairies. Well, if you look behind that research, you will see who's doing the research. Where's the money? Where is the money going? Right. You'll see it's the egg industry doing the research for the eggs and you figure. the dairy industry doing the research on the dairy. Whereas a lot of this plant-based research is being done by universities which we have to even be careful and i oh gosh i'm so happy you're going into this right now because i mean that's the same thing with pharma it's like follow the dollar like where is who's doing the funding for this research like big pharma like and big pharma big ag they're they're in cahoots with one another okay right because they're trying like they're trying to get people sick. They want us addicted and reliant on these things because they've got lifelong customers. They've got lifelong patients. Billion dollar industries. Huge, huge. And, um, and there, there, there are absolutely good people in there, right? Um, but then there's a lot that are totally brainwashed. And that's what you said. Like, we've all been brainwashed. Like, even with you having your, your grandmother and your dad as an influence, like, you also had the mom. So it's like, when we're talking about this, it's important for you to, like, you know, maybe start to open up your mind and decondition before your family. Because, look, you still suffered how many years 
of all these unnecessary things of being on maintenance uh, antibiotics, right? That you could have avoided from the very beginning if, if you just would have kept things, kept it easy. That's the crazy thing. It is really easy. It is more pure. It's actually harder to, in, to, to eat crap. I mean, I guess it's easy because that's what's all over the place and all the, the grocery stores and the whole middle of it is full of processed junk, right? And then we have to learn how to read labels around the perimeter of the grocery store, right? And oh, then my gosh. Say that they don't have the money to buy healthy food. Right. And that's because, I, yes, organic is more... You're putting even a dime towards buying dairy and other animal foods and processed food. You're just totally throwing your money out the window. And you're going to have medical bills later on. Yes. But if you pay for this healthy food this healthy whole plant food that is easy to get and you you won't have those medical bills later on you'll be actually saving your money in the long run and right now i've compared my bills i have compared some of the cheeses and things that i used to buy they were super expensive and some of the processed foods some of like the vegan pizzas even when i went vegan some of them I was paying like $13 for like a small square box of pizza. Like I was just throwing away all my money. Now I put my money towards the best whole organic fresh food. That is, oh gosh, that's another amazing point right there. Because that is a big thing. They're like, I've got a family of say six. And they're like, I can't afford to get organic foods. I totally get it. And you're sharing that right now as far as, I mean, obviously in the long run, saving money, like that is your health insurance, right? As they say, food is thy medicine. Food should be thy medicine, right? And clean quality foods. Um, But whenever you invest in good nourishing foods, that's the other thing. Whenever you eat raw, and I can compare this because even those vegan pizzas, for instance, and I'll go out and I'll enjoy myself some raw cooked food, especially when it's like a local place I'm really excited about. Um, and it, and it tastes good, but there is a huge difference as far as the taste of a raw pizza versus something cooked. Like it's amazing. Like there could be 10 ingredients on this like cooked vegan meal, but then if you eat that in its raw form, the taste is so much more bright. There's so much more flavor packed into it and you don't feel like you need to consume more, which is a whole nother thing. You get full sooner when you're eating whole nourishing foods, plant-based foods. Go on. You're getting more nutrition from it. Yes. You're feeling satisfied. You're feeling full. And not to say anything about what you're talking about here. What about the color of the food? The color is more vibrant. Um, And getting variety with all of the different colors is just so important. I used to take my kids when we went to the farmer's market or the health food store, and I'd tell them, get me a fruit and vegetable for every color of the rainbow. Mm. That would bring in and teach them about all of the nutrients in the variety of the colors that we get from the food. So all of this is key to healthy living. And when you have those... I don't even call them foods. When you have animal parts that you're taking in, you're not realizing what you're putting in your body and you're losing connection with the creatures who share this earth with us. And they're dead. It's dead tissue that you're consuming. That's right. That's right. 
And most people don't think about it and they don't want to think about it, but we have to. We absolutely have to. And at this point, we're actually being put up against the wall because if we don't start thinking about it soon, we won't have a world to begin with. Gosh, amen to that with the series of the agenda, let alone the 2030 agenda, which I'm sure I'm sure you've been privy to that as well. You know, the depopulation, it's happening. We're seeing it happen. And this is not just far fetched people. I just had an interview with another another big name that has been like talking about this for years. And, and it's happening before us. And so like, really, the community is so important growing your own food if you can, if not, supporting your local farmer, supporting all your local people to eat those local foods so we can keep keep them surviving, doing that exchange, but like for our own nourishment of our own bodies and for the planet. Yeah, for sure. We definitely want to support all of the local farmers that we know. We, and, and if you're not looking for food from a local farmer, start now. Gosh, start yeah. Things. Start, you know, and if you can't plant your own garden, grow sprouts on your kitchen counter. And, uh, and, you know, these are things that you'll have in times of need if, if there is some kind of an emergency. Um, yes. But certainly staying in touch with your local farmer and support oh. them in, in the food that you, that you buy from them. I have like a wonderful uh, local farmer in the next town. I'm very fortunate. Um, so that's, that's also very, very important because if you're having all your food, if you're buying all your food at the store and it's all shipped by the time that it's picked and harvested and shipped, even though it might look still beautiful in the store, you're not getting very much nutrition from it. It's better than cooked food for sure, because when it's cooked, you also have the heat factor. It's being heated, and you know when you put something um, on top of fire, obviously you're going to lose the nutrients in the food. So it's still better than that. But the more fresh and local, and the sooner that it's picked, the better. So I even ask my farmers, when was this picked? Mm. You know, when you have your own garden, you have more control over that. Right. Um, Let alone what's being sprayed on it. So when we're on that too, I mean. And I, you know, of course I want all these exotic fruits and everything like that. And I'm excited to have it, but I am also aware of the fact that the timing of when it's picked, because we know it's best whenever it's, um, of course, when it's raw, but whenever it's, um, uh, ripe enough, like we need to eat the fruits whenever they're ripe enough and, or, or whenever they're picked too soon, they actually will spray stuff on it to quickly ripen it. So it's ready to be presented into the stores too. And then let alone if it's not organic, then you're, you've got the pesticides and everything else on there that they're trying to avoid, um, avoid the bugs being on there or whatever else for prior to the shipment. But at the same time, that's a whole nother conversation when we get into Monsanto and Roundup and all this and that. We can't be supporting it's, that. Oh, we can talk about that for a whole nother hour. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know. But I'm just like. <sighs> right. So it's like bright food, try to get fresh food, try to buy it locally. And then I want to round back a little bit too when you talked about the with the protein, because that is such a huge thing, um, especially pregnant women. Right. It's like, you know, you're, you're going to increase. I think it's like 40 grams a day or something like that where you have to increase it to. But that is a huge and it's even with our midwives out there, you know, in the and. And which I would go for a midwife and that's a whole other conversation talking about birthing, natural birthing, being empowered in your body and this and that. 
but they want you to increase your protein because you're growing another human being. But I'm going to have you here to back this up because you work with kids, you work with clients of all ages across the way that our idea of how much protein that we need, let alone the, the quant, the quality, but even the quantity of the protein that we need is a total misconception. Is it not? It is a total misconception. And I want to tell you some, uh, there are some things that are happening out there that just show a complete lack of understanding of this. Um, you know, it's expected that a woman is going to, you know, if you go to a medical midwife, a midwife who's connected with the hospital system, you are uh, going to be expected to gain the same, if you're vegan, um, you're going to be expected to gain the same amount of weight that somebody who eats meat and dairy and animal foods would gain. And so uh, vegans don't gain as much weight generally as the meat and dairy eating population because that population is being pumped up, number one, most of the time with antibiotics mm -hmm. and growth hormone. Yep. So those women are gaining a lot of weight. Many of them end up needing a C-section because the baby is too large for the birth canal. And too large, which is a whole nother thing too. Like, yeah. And those, so those babies don't get that beneficial bacteria of coming through the, the vaginal birth. But, um, you know, and I'm not saying that that's never appropriate you know, there are certain situations where maybe a C-section is needed, but the majority of the time, it's, it's not. not. And so in the United States, uh, it's somewhere like 50% now of births are C-sections. Okay. I know women who make appointments for them. Like, oh, yeah. Not natural. And like I said, if, um, if a woman is going with a doctor, an obstetrician, or a um, or a medical midwife, you are going to be expected to uh, to have a baby um, and to, to gain weight that is uh, comparable to uh, to women who are eating more of the animal based diet. So it's very important. And I've had personal experience with this. Me too, because I didn't. I did not gain that weight. I mean, in fact, I actually. And this was not the goal, but I actually lost weight because the weight that I was prior to finding out that I was pregnant was un and, and I'm not a big person. I'm a very petite person as it is. So somebody wouldn't have looked at me and been like, you need to lose weight. But when you start to know the inflammation that you carry inside of your body from the tox from the acidic waste that you have inside of your body, and then you start to realize how much that makes you puffy and how much weight that is, how much extra water you're retaining because of that. So I actually lost weight when I was pregnant, when I was pregnant and while I was like continuing to grow. So I wasn't expected to become very big anyway, but exactly to prove your point, I'm an example of that. I was actually smaller than what I was whenever I started. And I was not like gaunt or anything like that. You know what I mean? I was highly, highly nutrition, highly hydrated because I was drinking a lot of fruit juices and eating a lot of satin or not saturated, but um, highly um, dense nutritional food in my body and um, structured water. That's what I wanted to talk about. I had a lot of structured water, which structured water comes from whole, real, raw plants, right? So I just wanted to add that in there just to like say, yeah, I'm an example of the proof with that too. Yeah, that's great. That's wonderful. 
Um, I know some people would think, oh my gosh, like, you know, not going, not gaining weight. Uh, no, no, it's actually a good thing. You're going to have a much easier birth. Yeah. And um, your tissues, because fruit is so good for the elasticity of the, of the skin and everything like that in your tissue. So like and no stretch marks and the likelihood of stretch marks dramatically decreases because you're, you're growing at the rate that your body would naturally be growing. And the baby, cause it's, I bet you you were just about to get into that. That also is going to affect the baby, which goes into a whole nother conversation. I'm sure we could do a whole nother talk about that too, but the size of the baby, you know, of course, baby's getting nourished with whatever you're nourishing yourself with. So the size of the baby is going to be affected as much as you externally as well. Yeah. And um, I had a personal situation with my own daughter who was pregnant and thought that she had found a great midwife team and uh, was even going three hours to to go to to their their midwifery birthing center where she was planning a water birth. And she was so excited with her first child. She had only gained, I think it was like about 15 pounds. And towards the end, they were like, you know, I can't believe that, you know, you're not gaining more weight and we have to send you to the hospital. She was pretty much getting ready to birth. She was already having her contractions and they were turning her away. Oh my goodness. That's pretty scary at the last minute to be turned away like that. And right. we happened to have been very fortunate. We thought this was going to be disastrous because no other midwives, there were no home birth midwives available in her area. I was ready to fly a, a midwife into to where she was mm. um, because they did not feel comfortable with doing unassisted. I, I have clients who have done unassisted childbirth. That was me. It ended up that way. Well, I have, <laughs> my clients have done it quite successfully. But um, anyway, they, they did have um, a good hospital experience, basically, because the doctor who assisted them was connected with that midwifery center, and he wanted to fulfill her natural birth plan. Mm -hmm. And he basically helped her have a natural childbirth, no drugs or anything, uh, right there in the hospital room. She was in the shower most of the time. And it, it turned out to be quite nice. Oh, that's such a blessing. That was like, I mean, it worked out that yeah. way. And we're so Thank happy. It doesn't usually work out that way. No, no. Just wanna, you know, I'm just like kind of warning people. And that's why she's, she's pregnant again. And she's with a home birth midwife. So uh, you, you really want to be careful with who you're, you know, you just don't know. And the majority um, are going to, you are going to be viewed as um, if, if you're eating vegan and it's vegan healthy food and you're not gaining the weight that they think you should gain, then they may turn you away like they did for my daughter at the last minute. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really happy that you brought that up because I mean, especially as a new mom and most, I mean, are not educated in that area. You want to trust your team, trust your provider and if they're now, in, then let alone, they're instilling fear into you. That's and right. So, and so they're disempowering, like, this whole time you've been, like, your body's, it's amazing. The spark of life, you're growing a baby, and the body knows what to do, and, like, how to nourish the baby and everything else. And all of a sudden, you're getting disempowered with that. So, gosh, that's so, I'm so glad you brought that up with that. So, and your team matters so much. And and then, obviously, the, the your weight, and then if they're not, aware of that and they and they don't know and like even mine didn't know either but then 
because of me being a doctor of chiropractic, she kind of like, she, she laid off of me and gave me my space. Cause she was like, well, one, you're a redhead. So they assumed I was going to bleed more. Um, and they like, I, I just defied all the odds, so to say, and it's not an odd thing whenever you're educated and you're nourishing your body with proper nutrients. And that's what we want to try to do. And I know that's what you're doing with all your clients. So the amount of protein that you should be consuming. So pregnant or not, we went on a pregnant thing right there, but even in general, the amount of protein as a human being, should be consuming. You don't want a high protein diet. Like I see all these people, like they're trying to get high protein foods in, even as vegans and taking all these protein powders and everything that can actually harm you. Um, I have a whole part of, I, um, I, I lead this course called the vegan certification course. It's basically focused on raw vegan. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I've hosted this course since 2015 and students come in and we talk a lot about protein. Um, I meet them every week on live coaching calls and we go into great depth about all of these different areas that they need to know in order to go out there and coach people successfully mm. because we don't have a healthy world right now and there's this big protein craze and that protein craze it's basically just think the opposite it's it's not that we need so much protein it's that we need less protein yes gosh talk about gluconeogenesis which if we can start to turn this into, okay, because a lot of people like the keto world and I was keto, so I'm not touting anything like keto is better than the general American diet for the reasons that you're not having processed food, genetic modification, you're cutting out the processed sugars and that. However, the animal products are acidic. We're just going to leave it at that. Now for our diabetics. Okay. Let's move into that because I have so many people in my sphere. They are like, Oh, well that's great for you, but I'm diabetic. And I'm like, no, you need to like, this is, this is the way, this is the way. So Karen, with your experience, with the clients that you work with, with the 30 plus years you've been doing this, let's talk about it in relation to people that have gone carnivore, which is a popular thing right now, going totally carnivore and eating all protein. So they're cutting out all carbohydrates, right? And only doing that. And because they have diabetes, let's talk about that. Yeah. So I've worked with many diabetics. Um, and type two diabetes. Wow. I mean, that can be healed literally in a month. <laughs> I've seen people with type two diabetes who have been sick for a long time. And when they're motivated, and when they stop fearing fruit and sugar, and they start understanding what all the fat does in the body, that's where they make progress. And the worst fat is animal fat. Set. Yep. The animal fat, which is inflammatory. That's right. Acidity in the body. So can you give some examples of what some of those horrible things that that animal fat is doing that's yep. on the animal protein? So it clogs the cells. It clogs the cells. And what happens with the fruit is that then somebody eats, they've, they've eaten their fatty meal with all their animal fat and it's clogging the cells and then they're eating fruit. And a lot of times I see, for example, I went to a party where people were eating chicken and rice. And for dessert, there was a fruit bowl. <laughs> and they're putting the fruit on top of that animal fat. So this animal fat is clogging the cells. And the fruit comes in. And the fruit has glucose for energy and really good calories that want to get into the cells. But... And the insulin will 
push it into the cells, but can't get into the cells because the cells are clogged with fat and the mm. bloodstream is clogged with fat. And that's when we see the spike in, in the sugar. That's where we start seeing all of the problems that diabetics have. But if they change their diet and they take all that fat out because we need no more than 10% fat and it shouldn't be coming from animal fat. It should be coming from plant fat. And even with plant fat, fat is still fat. So even with plant fat, we want it to be a lower amount, no more than 10% fat. Once mean that happens, then the glucose from the fruit gets escorted to the cells. And I've seen over and over and over again that my diabetic clients, that they are reducing their insulin gradually as they go to a whole food. It could be a high raw or fully raw vegan diet, but it has to be plant foods. I mean, I've even seen just people go to whole plant foods and be able to heal from diabetes, from type two diabetes. And I have seen um, some people with type one diabetes turn it around. Um, but even if they don't fully turn type one around, and by the way, Type 1 diabetes is caused by dairy and gluten. Dairy and gluten. So what about those that came out and have had type 1, you know, obviously, since they come out of the womb? So what would be the answer on the why they're having type 1 diabetes? I mean, you know, and then they're raised as in childhood, you know, we have somebody in the family who, in our extended family, who like the entire childhood was loads of dairy, you know, every day, a lot of it. And, you know, by teenager, they didn't know before, but it was cumulative. And by the time he was a teenager, he was diagnosed with type one diabetes. Yeah. Well, and in utero, what is mama eating? That's right. What's mama eating when she's pregnant? So it, it, it expresses that. It's, called, it's epigenetics, people. I just talked about this yesterday, nature versus nurture. And, you know, and yeah, I'm putting a little pressure on moms because, I mean, we have a divine responsibility, you know, for ourselves, but for our baby. And a lot of times people aren't willing to cut this stuff out, but they're willing to do it for their child. So if anything, for your child, change it because it will reflect. It can, not saying they're going to turn in and automatically have type 1 diabetes, but the likelihood is higher, right? And so make that conscious shift. Like when you start learning about this on how it is affecting your child, let alone all the childhood illnesses, colic, right? Um, you know, tummy being totally distended and upset with, you know, let alone like ear infections, allergies, snotty. And then now you're getting your children on antibiotics from as early as one month old or the cradle cap, all of that. Yeah. What is it from? It's from the acidity. And even if mama is like breastfeeding, which I'd breast is always best. However, the quality of mama's breast milk will affect the baby too. Yeah. And because I see it, I see it all the time. Hey, so many children also have asthma. Yes. Like son had. And, you know, it, it's a combination. It's first getting off all of that acidity. All of that animal food is so acidic. And then also getting off of the processed, even, even the vegan foods. So, you know, we want health for our kids. 
and got to start thinking about it, what you put in your mouth. Uh, I just remember uh, recently I wrote a book. My most recent book is Heal and Prevent Autism, Natural Solutions That Work. And Mm. um, I got a three-page forward from T. Colin Campbell, Dr. T. Colin Campbell, who wrote the longest nutrition study. He was the co-author of the longest nutrition study ever done, 27 years. And he says that what you put in your mouth is even more important than the chemical carcinogens you're exposed to. That's how important it is. And most people do not pay attention to what they put in their mouth. No, they don't. And gosh, that and what you just said right there, like more important than the chemical, meaning outside influences, because we're always going to be bombarded. We're bombarded with EMF, 5G, chemicals, you know, things out in the air and everything. But what can we do to lower the body burden? One of the ways is what we're putting into our, into our mouths, right? And we have that control. Yes, we and we have control of that. Over what goes on in our mouths and what goes on our skin. Yes. And, all over. And we can make huge differences in our own lives and the lives of our children and our families. And that's where people really have to get started. Mm. All right. I'm going to reverse just a little bit more when we talked about with like type two diabetes or diabetes in general. And we really hit it hard talking about like the fat and clearly animal fat is the worst, like, and let alone the, the qual the quantity and the quality of fat, but then also the protein too. We need to, with those of type two diabetes that say you're on a keto diet, you know, I'm assuming you probably had people transition, you know, because it's not just not eating the fat, but not eating that animal protein too. Right. That's- the protein also has to be down. Like I recommend not more than 10% protein. So we're talking not a lot. And you get a lot of protein in your whole fruits and vegetables. Give me some examples of those because people are like, oh, you know, you, you vegans, let alone raw vegans, but you vegans, it's like, you know, you have to consume this much of this in order to get your, the amount of protein that, you know, the FDA or whomever is saying that you need. So let's talk just a little bit about that too. So with the protein, leafy green vegetables have really good quality protein. But by the way, all plant foods have protein. So if you're eating plants, you're going to get plenty of protein. Even a banana has 5% complete protein. A mango has all eight essential amino acids. So you're going to be getting protein, but it's going to be cumulative. But leafy greens are loaded like spinach by calorie is uh, 49% protein. Kale, like 45% protein. The dark lettuces, like romaine, 34% protein. We don't need to worry about protein. Animals don't worry about protein in nature. Nope. (laughs) Go towards the food that is species specific. Oh my gosh, that's a whole nother thing because we as a species, are we not frugivores, right? We're frugivores. We're frugivores, which that means, uh, Karen, let's talk about this as a frugivore, which let's talk about how it just makes sense. Like we were most closely related to the ape or the, um, yeah, the ape, right? Or the gorilla. Gorillas are not puny and small by any means. In fact, they can rip your head off if they wanted to rip your head off, right? And what do they eat mostly? That's right. Look at the other big animals like horses and the rhino and the bison and the giraffe. And the elephant, the horse, I mean, the cow. The they're cow. All, they're all raw vegans. 
<laughs> Except for the ones that are on the farms where they're like pumping them full of hormones and feeding them right. grains to get them fat before they get slaughtered, which is a yeah. whole other conversation. Nat naturally, they're raw vegans. They don't own stoves. And, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing. They're, they're big, beautiful animals. They're very muscular. And we can look at them and have them be our models. We, you know, I see people who come in and they want to be bodybuilders and they say, oh, I can't be vegan or I can't be raw vegan because I want to be like really strong. <laughs> and I say, you should see some of the people who are thriving as raw vegans and, uh, and lifting weights and doing all kinds of, you know, of bodybuilding. So and building healthy muscle tissue healthy muscle tissue and even as we go get older i mean i've been doing this i've been um i was saying before i've been a vegan since 1989 33 years and a raw vegan since 1994 and you know as i'm approaching my 70th year um getting closer i'm just a couple years away i really just want to feel a good quality of life. I don't want to be on medication. I want to be vibrant. I want to be able to do everything I want to do in my life. And I can because of this way of living. Um, and a big part of it is what I'm eating. But, you know, there's other factors as well that go into it. You have to move. Right. Get out in nature. Sitting all day sedentary. So it is a, an important focus for me to move my body, but it's also really so crucial eating the plant foods that are species specific for us. Mm, and the research is out there. Um, I have talked about the research that is in medical journals that people don't see. The research is there. It is. And it is. And it seems really hard to find because, you know, who's the louder people, the ones with more money, those are the ones that are trying to cover all this research up That's and, right. and contrary to belief. So I do want to talk briefly about this because I know you work with so many clients that are probably like, well, you know, there's some people that like their, like their, their liver is damaged because in the keto carnivore world or paleo in the paleo world, um, they're huge on, well, eggs are best. You know, contrary to like belief of eggs high, being high in cholesterol, like I'm, I'm being plain devil's advocate right now. Okay. Like eggs are fantastic because it's like, it's actually great for your cholesterol, which comes from an animal. So I want to talk about that eggs. And then how about, um, animal organs? Because that's a big thing too, is people are like, but I need to have animal organs. Like it's the most nutritionally dense and it has all the, the minerals and the aminos and all the essential things that they need in the organs as a human being, and I know people in the paleo world that are like, I mean, they're aggressive. Let's talk about, they're, they're like dense, like literally their energy is dense. And I'm like, oh my gosh, if that doesn't speak alone, but they're so aggressive on like you, like all women, you need to be eating animal organs. You need to be feeding your kids animal organs. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like that is not true. That is not true. Like, can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah. And I have people in my own extended family who feel that way uh you know and it's <laughs> it's interesting and i do agree with you that that aggressive nature is also something that comes from what they're eating you know mm -hmm. the adrenaline they're getting the adrenaline um emotional issues i've seen some of these people end up with severe anxiety um and and even depression 
from all of this aggression that comes out of um, of having to digest like animal food, like you're talking about organs. Can you imagine the stress that that puts on the liver and the kidneys? Like even if you're eating, like I'm trying to help my liver by eating animal liver. I'm trying to help my kidneys by eating bovine kidneys. You know what I mean? Like we see that in supplements all the time, which yeah. is a whole nother big industry. I, I people believe that we need to have a lot of dairy. And so they're eating, uh, you know, they're drinking a lot of cow milk. They're having a lot of ice cream. They're having a lot of cheese. And it puts, you know, all of these meats, all of the dairy puts so much stress on the liver and the kidneys that 70% of the calcium from the dairy gets washed out right. because of that stress on the organs. Yeah. So that's why the countries that have the highest rates of osteoporosis, the United States, Swiss, Switzerland, Scandinavia, those countries, they consume the highest amount of dairy and animal food. And those, those products put stress on the organs so that calcium cannot be absorbed. Which, so that, that's and, why they, and they add it in the milk. They're like, oh, calcium is added. And it's like, yeah, because you processed it out to begin with, which isn't even the type of calcium that our body readily accepts. And, and we need vitamin D to absorb the calcium, right? So that calcium in supplement form that they're adding is extremely toxic to the body. And I, I write a lot about how uh, toxic calcium supplements are. Mm. So we want to get the calcium from real food. We give me some it. examples. Let's give some, some tangible things for people when it comes to like what plants are, are, are good for calcium, which is yeah. probably going to be the same ones like the dark leafy greens are full of calcium too, right? Thank you. There you go. <laughs> dark leafy greens are loaded with calcium. Oranges have good calcium. Uh, figs. Figs mm. have great calcium. Figs are, have an excellent array of minerals. Um, almonds in small amounts. Small amounts have calcium. So we're not shy of calcium sprouting foods. Um, I love sunflower greens loaded with calcium. Mm. So we are not short of calcium. And it's not only the food that is going to give you the strong bones. It's the weight resistance as well. So it's a combination, but certainly we get plenty of calcium from those leafy greens. Those are the primary sources. Oh and, my gosh. Yeah. And so we don't want to be taking in these substances. They're not foods. They are substances that don't belong to us. They come from animals who deserve to have their own lives. They do not want to die. They were brought onto this earth to live. And if we keep on killing them, we are going to severe very soon already seen we're already seeing them but it's only going to get worse if we continue to abuse and eat these fellow beings who want to live so aside from talking which we are about all of these factors of what they do to the human body we also have to consider that these animals also love their babies they are wonderful mothers they want to be mothers and their milk is meant only for their babies, only for their species. 
It is not meant for us. They have their own bacteria, their own hormones repeated what that I already said before. And it is very, very clear that our human bodies are not species specific to eating animal foods. We have long intestinal tract that is not meant to digest animal food. And that's why when autopsies have been done, everything putrefies in there if you take in animal food. It just putrefies. Yes, and literally what you're saying, that's the epitome of people are like, oh, the meat and mashed potatoes, and you're like, recipe for disaster because you've got the starch and you've got the protein. The protein's gonna putrefy and the starch is going to ferment right there, right? And that is all caked inside of us, years worth of it. That's right. And that's why they did an autopsy on John Wayne, the actor John Wayne, who ate a big meat diet, and he always bragged about it. His intestinal tract was loaded with all putrefied animal food. And just so people know, like putrefied, like it's a disgusting word, like, and and that smells. And guess what? Your skin, if your kidneys aren't doing a good job on filtering stuff, your third kidney is your skin, which is your largest organ on your body. You can smell it. It's going to come out. Like your body's going to work really hard for you to try to push it out. And it stinks. Like that's that body odor that you get is putrefaction and fermentation. Right? That's right. And I also want to say that the skin is one of, it's the largest organ of your body. It's a major area of detoxification. And so when people get cystic acne, like I had for over 25 years, it's a gift. Take that message that your body is still vibrant and trying to push out all of the toxins that are inside you and in your last area of detoxification your largest organ of detoxification. In other words, it's showing you that you still have some vibrancy. So take that message and look at what you're putting in. Get rid of that dairy. Stop the animal food. Go to whole, fresh plant food. You'll see your whole life change right in front of your eyes. I am so happy you said that because you're like, oh my gosh, I stink and I got it. And let alone antiperspirant, a whole nother conversation. You know, we have the beauty industries like, oh, we can cover up my cystic acne. We've got makeup for that. We've got all these procedures for that. We've got things to cover up the, the armpit odor and stuff. And it's like, start with like one, like you said, be happy that your body is releasing that. Your body's trying to release that and it's still viable. So now stop putting the crap in, put the good stuff in so you don't keep feeding the, you know, feeding the friggin' fire right there that's happening inside of your body, right? And then as you continue eating that, what's great, a great side effect of eating good foods is that you're gonna detoxify it out. Isn't that wonderful? That's right. And eventually, what happened happened to me, my cystic acne, when I went raw vegan in 1994, my cystic acne disappeared in three months. Wow. Digestive system, all my years of candida and irritable bowel, three to four months, gone. Never again. This is years later. That was 1994. This was years later. My digestion is like excellent. 
I have never gotten any acne or anything on my skin. It's, it's all related to diet and lifestyle. And mm -hmm. I am a very clear example of it. So are my thousands of clients that I've been working with over the years. And that's why my students come to me in my vegan certification course. And for those of you who are interested in attending, I'm doing a free masterclass tomorrow evening, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time. And it's called How to Become a Health Coach in the Vegan Niche. I'll go ahead and leave that in the comments here. So how to become a health coach in the vegan niche. Okay. Yeah. And we'll put that in the comments too. And we'll make sure we add that in there so people can join it. And if you have a particular, is it a Facebook group that they will be joining with that too? They'll be joining me on Zoom. Okay. And I have a Zoom link. So if people here want to direct message me or look at any of my most recent uh, posts, You'll see that um, I direct people to the link in my bio at Super Healthy Raw. And if you just click on that link, it will take you right to the Zoom registration. Where Beautiful. You yes. And then for the people listening in on the podcast here, we're going to have all the ways that you can contact and reach Karen. Because even beyond the recording for this podcast and the recording we're doing live right now, you have more workshops that you do. You have ongoing coaching that you do. So we'll make sure that you'll be able to reach her and be able to, to start this journey. And that's the thing. It's a journey. It's a lifestyle, right? And that's a lifestyle. It is. And it's instead of the I, sick care model where this is called health care. This is true health care here. This is the real deal. This is real health. This is not covering up with medication and creams. Yes. Gosh. And let alone when you talk about, um, with candida, like a lot of times people get freaked out about candida, you know, that's, that's the basis of urinary tract infections or UTIs, which affects both males and females with that. And it's like, we always say that candida is like the canary in the coal mine. Like the can you, you go and you want to get creams to get rid of the candida, but the candida is telling you that something else is happening. Like the candida actually just like, like your skin working for you. It's like, Hey, you still have viability. Your body is working for you to work to get the guck out whenever the candida shows up. That's right. right. And so right. the can, the fact that the candida shows up, candida is not the problem. It's the problem that your body is backed up full of toxicity and you need to get the toxicity out. And your gut bacteria is just in really, really bad shape if you have candida and yeah. you build up your gut bacteria and yeah. the best way is, is what you eat. And, uh, and like I said, going on the way, if you're not close yet and you want to move towards raw vegan, just adding it is, is really key, but knowing how to do that effectively, because I see so many mistakes and then people make mistakes they go raw vegan and certain things happen and they start having health issues. And what do they do? They right away go to a doctor who's not even plant-based and right away they're giving recommendations. Oh, you need to eat meat. Mm -hmm. Now there have even been some, uh, some people online who have had Instagram channels, thriving Instagram channels, and they, they were making big mistakes and one of them, they weren't eating enough food. Mm -hmm. There's many things that that show up because yeah. we talked already today about variety. Some people come in, they're not eating enough. They lose a tremendous amount of weight. So you really have to know what you're doing. You can't just 
go raw vegan. You have to get educated. Oh gosh, that is so important. I'm so glad you brought that up because there is a right way to do it. Where and and for people to be prepared with the detox effects that will happen along the way too, which will scare people. I mean, I've had a lot of people that are like, I was vegan, like I'm not even saying raw vegan, I was vegan for this long. And then I was just like, I felt awful, I lost energy, the this, the that. And there's so many variables that we talked about in the beginning of this talk right here that I'm not going to go into. But then they say they went to meat, they went back to eating meat again, they're like, I needed meat. And they instantly I'm air quoting instantly felt better. And the reason why they instantly felt better, though, is because they got the adrenaline from the meat and their body needed more time to cleanse clear and get that stuff out of it. Because the this is new your body, it wants this the high nutrient dense foods and raw and plants and everything. But it also has to learn how to do it while it's healing simultaneously. So you will quote instantly feel better feel is a whole nother thing because that's only 15% of your nervous system's job is to give you sensory feedback or the other 85% of your nervous system's job is to allow the functionality of everything in the body, but that's a different topic right there. But to go off of just the feeling better, it's because your body hasn't had enough time to process out the stuff and it stops the detox. Like when you instantly put that's the right. animal product back in your body, it stops the detox. <laughs> and it's very stimulating. Yeah. And it's stimulating, which is why you'll feel better because you'll get that like adrenaline rush with it too. Right? Yeah. So you'll feel better and you'll think you're doing great and that the, that the vegan and raw food and whole food was not the right thing for you, but you didn't give yourself the time to detoxify. Right. And having community, which you have, having that support and also kind of giving you a little preview. Everybody's case and situation is different, but when you have an idea of like, Here's some things that can happen. You're not alone. You're not alone. We want to help you along this journey. You want to help them along this journey. And I know you need to get ready to wrap up, but if we can before, let's just talk a little bit about the kids because you do a lot of work where you've worked with kids on the autistic spectrum, right? And ADD and ADHD. Oh, and yeah. how can you introduce it? Because kids on the autistic spectrum are super picky eaters. Yeah. And what do they want? They want the macaroni and cheese and chicken nuggets is what they want. Right. That's right. And that's what a lot of them are eating. And so I work only with families who are motivated for change. And they come to me and they're like, we're ready to do this. And we want your support. We're committed. We know you're going to be committed to us, which I always am. I was a speech and language pathologist for 43 years. Mm. And I worked in an autism continuum program but I can honestly say that the speech therapy, the physical therapy, the occupational therapy, all wonderful. But if they don't change what they're eating, they're being numbed. Yeah. Like those, those things are not foods. And these kids do not progress because they all have gastrointestinal disturbances. They do. All Oh. And I'm a chiropractor. Like I see, I see kids cause they need to get their nervous system checked, but it needs to be backed up with the, like the proper nutrients in their body. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so when they come to me and we work together and I've worked with families all over the world, I just finished working with a family in Romania mm -hmm. um, and a family in South Africa. I worked with families throughout the United States who are coming to focus on, we're focusing on communication as well, because as a speech pathologist, I do give them communication activities that will be really helpful. But one of the main things that I do is I help them 
to transition to a higher raw vegan lifestyle and to go plant-based. And that makes the big difference. That makes the huge difference. And my book, Heal and Prevent Autism, Natural Solutions That Work, which is on my website, superhealthychildren.com. All my books are on there, superhealthychildren.com. So, uh, so that's one place where you can find out about my work with children and with families. And my other website, feelfabulouswithfood.com, is the website where I have my vegan certification course for those of you who may be interested in becoming a health coach in the vegan niche and setting up a free time to talk with me, if that interest is there, um, because I... I'm looking for people to help me spread that message. And I give you all of the research that I have done over the past, you know, 28 years um, mm. that I think is what catapults my students to becoming excellent coaches. 100%. Um, and also my own health coaching. Um, and I'll do a three, a free healthy body breakthrough session. Um, with anybody who signs up there as well. So that's on feelfabulouswithfood.com. So those two are my main websites, superhealthychildren.com and feelfabulouswithfood.com. And you can mm. always just email me directly at karen at feelfabulouswithfood.com. So those are the best ways to get in touch with me and uh, and certainly I have seen some huge turnaround stories. Um, I've had diabetics heal in like a very short period of time. Um, I've worked with a lot of women with hormonal issues and gut health issues. Menopause, I'm sure, too. Awesome. Yeah, I had a completely uneventful menopause, even though I had severe premenstrual syndrome early on. I had a lot of problems, got my period every year. Um, I was in a lot of pain and I was on birth control pills, all kinds of things that just caused side effects and never, never brought the healing like in my cystic acne and all those things that mm. the doctors said were, were not related to nutrition. So untrue. So untrue. Right. Debunked, debunked, right? <laughs> yes. And so I thank you for, for hosting podcasts where we can be so truthful and give people real information. It's wonderful that this, that this kind of podcast exists. So I'm very grateful for that. Oh, absolutely. And I'm so happy that, you know, in the world, like just like attracts alike, putting that energy out there to have people like yourself who have been doing this, have been talking the talk, walking the walk and doing it and implementing and changing lives in your community, beyond your community. And as you're saying, you're like, I need more people. I want more people to heal. We want it too. That's what's going to help you to start with the individual. You got to fix yourself. Like they say, and on the airlines, you got to put the mask on yourself before putting the, and I don't mean the stupid mask with COVID, by the way. Oh, did I just say that? No, I meant gas mask. If the plane is going down and all this and that, they say you need to put the gas mask on or the oxygen mask on yourself, even before putting on the person next to you. So start with yourself. That way you can move it forward into your family, take care of your family, do it to extended family, community members, be that example to make this the new normal, right? Right. You have to be the action model. 
in front of your friends, your family. And once you do this and you take care of your own health, you will be absolutely surprised over the years at who comes around. I have been shocked at some of the people in my own life who have come around, including my own husband, who supports me fully now in what I do. So all of that is just by pursuing it, believing in it, getting the right research, and just really following through first with yourself. I love that example of looking at, you know, how they're saying to put on your oxygen mask first on the plane, like put your, put your health mask on first. Yep. And your that true health mask. Yeah. And mm. I greatly also appreciate anybody who can follow me at super healthy raw. Super healthy raw. And you'll see that in the show notes here. Like I said earlier in the podcast here, you can find Karen on most of the social media outlets and I'll have all that included in the show notes. So that way you can follow her. You can maybe start coaching with her, you, whether you as a client and then maybe eventually you as a coach to also help spread these messages and these truths and this healing forward for you, your family, the communities and the planet, right? That's right. Thank oh, you. gosh, Karen, this is so lovely. Thank you so much. I just am just you're just a beacon of light. Thank you for what you do for the world and for the people around you. And I'm hoping to connect with you again. Yes. YouTube channel. I would love it. Yes. So please people, leave I comments. Yes. Leave comments. Let us know what else you want us to talk about. I am more than happy to do that. It is so easy for us to be able to share this information. So let's do it. But let's do it. And thank you to everyone who joined us today. Yes. Yes. Well, until we talk again, Karen, you have a beautiful rest of your day. You too, Natalie. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for being here all the way to the end of the podcast. I hope you received lots of value out of it as I certainly enjoyed sharing. Could I ask that you please share this podcast with friends if you found it valuable? And also, bonus points, if you could leave a review for me on your favorite podcast app, that would be greatly appreciated too. If at any point you'd like to be on the podcast or have any questions you'd like me to discuss on the podcast, direct message me on Instagram or Facebook at Dr. Natalie Horine. That's H-O-R-I-N-E. Thanks again for listening. Now have an expansive and awesome day. We'll see you next time.